listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, Today, I'm going to give you the final chapter of this, which is um, how to publish and sell your book. You know, once it's ready to roll, once it's ready to go, how to publish and sell your book. Before I do that, let me say this, very excited, Carolyn's book is available for pre-order and it's getting ready to be printed to send to you. We have already had a ton of pre-orders for this book and they make fun of me because she's blown me out of the water with, I've never had anywhere close to what she's got now on this very first book called Lines. It's a 40-day devotional, how confessions that create boundaries your enemy cannot cross. So this book is going to teach you the power of declaration, the power of your confession, and uh, you definitely don't want to miss it. And uh, so it's available to pre-order right now on the store shop.miracleword.com. People have been ordering it in bulk for their small groups, you know, ladies groups, ladies conferences. Um, if you want to do that, by the way, if you want to order it in bulk for small groups or churches or whatever, please don't do it on the website. Send us an email. Jenna at MiracleWord.com. Jenna at MiracleWord.com. So that we can give you um, a bulk discount on on all those. We're not going to charge you full price when you're buying 20, 30 books. So please send us an email and we'll hook you up. Make sure you have it. So today, let's do it. Take a minute to share the broadcast. I'm going to jump in. Now, at this point in the process, you have already outlined your book, you've already written your book, and hopefully you took my advice. Not only did you write your book, but you had it proofread and copy edited. Very, very important. You've had a graphic designer design a catchy cover for you. You've come up with a good title. So let's make a checklist. Um, and somebody help me in the in the comments section. Let's make a checklist for what, what needs to be done before you finish, okay? Let's put it in the comments section. Number one, the book is written, and so obviously that's a given. So step one, it's been proofread. Put that in the comments. Number one, it's been proofread. Number two, it has been copy edited. Number one is proofread. Number two, it's been copy edited. Number three, it's been titled properly. And we talked about that. Titled properly. What do I mean by that? A title that's catchy, but not super descriptive. Your subtitle is what's going to be descriptive about your book. Um, so number one, proofread. Number two, copy edited. Number three, cover has been designed. A good-looking cover. It's been titled properly. And that includes the subtitle. Um, And then number five, you've written a catchy blurb on the back of the book. For people that just pick it up and want to get an overview of what it's about, something catchy, one to two paragraphs that are going to hook the reader into wanting to read your book. Very important. So let me put these in, and I'll, I'll put these into the comments myself. So number one... It's been proofread. Um, number two, oh, I guess I can't do it that way. Let me try it a different way. Uh, one, proofread. Let's see. No, can't do it that way again. All right, I'll just do it all in one. It's been proofread. Number two, copy edited. Number three, it's been titled. Number four, cover art. Number five, um, the blurb on the back. Then number six, yeah, thank you, Billion. Uh, After you've gotten all that down, you've got it proofread, you've got it copy edited, you've got it titled properly, you've got the cover art done, you've got the blurb written on the back. Another thing you might want to think about doing to maybe lend more credibility to your book, if you know anybody 
in the field of what you're writing about, you might want to get some, um, what they call, you know, in the, the praise for section, uh, you know, where people are saying things about your book. Um, you might want to get somebody to write uh, a, a sentence or two or three to just kind of give some credibility book. You could have somebody write a forward to your book that may be in position in what you're t- talking or writing about to write a forward and tell people why they should read your book. So you could always do that. But once you have that blurb uh, written, it, those things are not requirements, by the way. It's nice to have them, but it's not a re- obviously it's not a requirement to have those things. Um, but after you've got your, and I'll put that in so that you have it. So that, that, that puts your book together. There it is in the comments for you guys. There it is. That's, that's what you want to make sure is done. And obviously I'll pop in a number, a number six for you, uh, and put it all cap, all caps. Um, make sure that you have the copyrights page done. Um, if you're writing a book like I've done, if you've done any kind of uh, quotation of scripture, anything like that, make sure you go to the website. This is a big deal. Make sure you go to the website of whatever publishing house owns the rights to that version of the Bible translation. So whether it's the NIV, New Living Translation, ESV. Now, King James Version is public domain, but the other ones are not. So you have to put those, they actually will give you a blurb, on uh, a blurb. they'll give you a, um, a snippet of what needs to be written on the copyrights page if you're using verses from their translation. So if you open up any of the books that I've done, you can see on the copyrights page, um, any scriptures marked ESV taken from the English Standard Version owned by Crossway Publishing, you know, and they give you what to put in the copyrights page. So any... Any version of the Bible that you may use to quote scriptures from, please make sure that you put what they ask you to put in the copyrights page so that you can use, without being sued, (laughs) their version of scripture. Um, Another thing is if you are quoting anybody, if you're taking anything from any books, any, any other printed works, publishing please, please do a bibliography at the end of your book and properly cite the sources that you've quoted in your book. And um, let me see if I can give you the website because I I use this. uh, It makes it really easy. It makes it really easy to uh, set up your bibliography page. So here, I'm going to give it to you right now. This is a great, great resource when it comes to putting your bibliography together. Use this website right here, easybib.com. And they have several different writing styles. They have MLA format. They have Chicago Manual of Style format. They have a bunch of different ones. So you have to just choose which one you're going to use for your bibliography and stick to it. But if if you've written anything and cited other printed works. Make sure that those are listed in the bibliography and make sure that you cover all of them. You don't want you don't want to get sued for plagiarism. You don't want to get uh you just don't, you don't want to be that kind of a writer. So, make sure you use something like easybib.com um, and put together your bibliography page and make sure anything that you have cited is listed in the back and can be found there. Um, it'll, it'll help you. So when those things, that's the legal stuff. Make sure your copyrights page is in order. Make sure your bibliography is in order. And then once you have everything set to go, set to go it's been laid out properly in InDesign. Uh, you can then, at that point, you're ready to start moving forward uh, with printing, publishing, and selling. So one of the great things about living in 2020 is that technology has moved forward to the point that we it, it is nothing like it was even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. If you wanted to publish a book, it was like you had to put a lot of money out. Like you had to put a lot of money out. The nice thing is now you can do all these things that you're doing that I'm that I'm telling you to do 
you can do all of them yourself. Or I'm talking about laying out your own book. You know, I understand you might not be able to do the cover art if you're not a designer or whatever, but everything else. I mean, you can write your book. You can use Grammarly to proofread and copy edit your book. You can use InDesign to lay out your own book. Stuff you used to have to pay other people to do. You know, you'd have to pay somebody to do the copy editing. You'd have to pay somebody to do the layout of your book, um, all of that stuff. Now you can do it from your home on a laptop, you know, on the couch. And it saves you a ton of money if you know what to do and if you know what you are doing. And now there's free resources on YouTube and on Adobe.com to teach you how to do these things. So literally you can save so much money. Hey, Winona. So uh, once you've got it all put together and you've decided how your book's going to look, it's in InDesign, you've chosen your fonts, you've chosen everything you like, you've got it laid out. Um, at that point, now, now I'm, first I'm going to go through what it takes to put together a paperback or a hardcover printed book. Um, once you're done, what most companies want you to do is to export a PDF version of your book, the entirety of your book. So every single page, including anything at the front that may have blank pages, whatever. Um, for example, uh, they don't usually want you to have more than two blank pages consecutively, or it looks like a mistake. But you know, if you have something with like a presented to in the front or, or whatever, export the whole document as your final master. And then people say, well, like, how do you, how do you get the book printed? The nice thing is back in the day, if you wanted to print a book just to make it cost effective, you had to order a massive quantity that most self-publishers did not need. You know, I knew people, here's what's crazy. I knew people that printed books and really didn't have much of a following. They may have really only needed like a hundred books or something like that to sell. But because they needed a price point that was worth selling, they had to buy like a thousand or 2,500 or 5,000 books. And then they got to store them. They got to find a place to keep them where moisture is not going to get to them. They're not going to be destroyed or warped. Can't keep them in the garage. You know, you got to have now you got to keep them in a cooled area. You got all these extra books that you had to pay for so that your price per book could be like, you know, a dollar or 85 cents or, or you know, whatever it, it was. And so uh, people had to order massive quantities of books that they didn't need. And then they got to take care of the books and all that. It is no longer necessary to print these books in massive numbers. Now we have what is known as uh, print-on-demand companies. This is amazing. I mean, it's literally amazing. And I was a little bit, I remember when I first heard about it, and I was a little bit like skeptical because I thought to myself, really, there's a company out there that's going to print books for you that would be willing to print only 10 books or one book or three books if you ordered three. And uh, a friend of mine in Canada showed me books that he had printed through this company. And he said, yeah, the quality's good. And, you know, I've not had any problems with them. And they give you a lot of options when you're printing. And he said the best part about it is, you know, your, the cost of your book printing is based on how many pages are in your book. And you don't, there's no minimum order amount. You can order one if you want. You can order 10. You can order 50. And um, so he turned me on to this company that at the time was called CreateSpace. It's called CreateSpace.com. Um, it was an Amazon company and has now been fully taken over by Amazon. Um, and now it's been renamed, and the company is called Kindle Direct Publishing. Kindle Direct Publishing, uh, if you want to put it in the comments. But I'll put the actual website. There's the actual website, kdp.amazon.com. And so what Kindle Direct Publishing does, it's, it's a print-on-demand publisher owned by amazon.com. So the cool thing, let me let me tell you this cuz I love this. The cool thing about it is that when you print 
your paperback book through KDP. Instantly, your book is available for purchase on Amazon.com, you know, on Amazon in Canada.ca, uh, in the UK. They have you all these territories uh, where the, your book's available for purchase. And they automatically do the exchange rate on the currency. For example, if you set your price at, you know, $9.99 for your book, 15 bucks, it automatically does the exchange and, and, and sets the price in Canada at what the Canadian price should be in the UK, uh, wherever, wherever it's for sale, it sets those prices automatically so that when somebody purchases your book in those nations, you're getting the same amount of money as if somebody purchased it in the United States of America. And um, so kdp.amazon.com, they will print your paperback book. Well, here's the good news about it. Because no self-publisher, uh, I, I shouldn't say no, 99.9% of self-publishers do not need 5,000 books at a time. I don't need 5,000 books at a time. And so what's awesome about it is that if you want to print five books, if you want to print one book, if you want to print 10 books, it doesn't matter. Because they're print on demand, you can print as many as you want once you've submitted it, and the price never changes. This is the best part. The price never changes based upon quantity. Now, that's that used to be the big problem. It was like, you know, if you wanted to print a book and you wanted your price point to be at a certain price point, you had to order because the more books you order, the less the price per book costs. Um, and you get price breaks, you know, at every number. That's no longer the case. Now, it's better for people that are ordering small numbers of books than if you're ordering, if you are a person that's going to order a thousand or 2,500 or 5,000 books, this would not be the way to go because you could find a printer that does book printing that would do it with that tiered structure where the more you order, the less it costs per book. I would say if you're going to order a large amount of books, don't go this route. But if you're part of the 99.9% of people uh, that is self that, that are self-publishing, you can do it. You can do it um, with, you know, 10 copies, 50 copies, 100 copies. You know, I would do it up to 200, 300, 400, 500 copies. Um, hey, love you, Brother Ben. So what I would... If you're in that 99.9%, which I guess you are, you know, I'm, I'm in that percentage. Um, this is the best. So it's all based upon your page count. And then once they set the price on your page count, you can order as many as you want at that, at that price. Um, and so think about this. Like, I'll give you a, a, a for instance. Thank you, Brother Ben. So let's, let's say, for example, my very first book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat was a book that was 224 pages. 224 pages, okay? A book that length, the cost to print each book was like, I think it's like, right at like $3.53 for me. $3.53, so that never changes. So it doesn't matter how many copies I order, the price is always gonna be $3.53 per book. Now. When you do it, here's what I like. The fact that it goes on Amazon.com is very interesting because all of your work is cut out of the equation when somebody buys your book on Amazon. The nice thing is you don't have to fulfill any of the orders if someone buys it through Amazon. So for example, if I go on Amazon and see your book and order 20 copies, you don't do anything. All they they print it they package it, they ship it, and then they send you the royalties. So how do the royalties work? Well, here's how the royalties work. If you allow your book to be on Amazon, you go through KDP, then anytime someone buys your book, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you get about 65 to 70% of the sale price when you sell, 
and they and they send you your royalties. So it's basically they take their production cost out, they take their portion out for Amazon, and then they pay you uh, the rest of the royalty, which I think is around sixty-five to seventy percent for a printed book. Now, when you have an ebook in on Amazon as a Kindle book, if you keep your book at nine ninety-nine or lower, because they want to try to keep that price point. If you price your book at $9.99 as an ebook or lower, they will always give you 70% of the sale price. So for every ebook you sell at 10 bucks, you get $7. Every single one. So what they want to do, obviously, is they want to keep their ebook pricing competitive, which is why they do that. If you price your ebook um, above $9.99, then they flip it on you and they only give you like 30% of the royalties and they keep 70. It's it's because they want to keep it at that $10 price point or lower. So once you print through KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, your paperback book is available on all Amazon outlets and then you can make an ebook version that goes along with it so that it's available for Kindle devices as well. And both of those things are available. But then here's what's cool. Once you print your book, once you submit your book and it's all approved and everything, um, the nice thing is you can order copies for yourself that you sell that are not sold through Amazon at your author's price. So as I quoted you before, if you have a book that was, you know, like my book was $2.24, my author's price, the publisher price for me, is $3.53 per book. So as often as I want to order those books, they come in, I always pay that price, and then I sell my book for whatever, you know, whatever I've set the price to be. And so you'll always have your publisher's price. And the cool thing is <clears throat> they'll ship it anywhere. So the nice thing for me or you, if you're if you're doing this and maybe you're taking it around and doing different conferences or you know you you know you know where you're headed with your book. The nice thing is you don't have to be the one that's storing your book or carrying it around. Let's say you were going somewhere. Let's say you were going to go to Dallas, Texas, and they asked you to come speak at a conference to sell your book at the conference after you've spoken. You can literally go to your KDP um, account and say, hey, I'm going to order 100 copies of my book for this conference. I want you to ship them straight to the conference venue. You don't ever even see your book until it arrives from Amazon at the place where you're going. Uh, hey, Morgan, <clears throat> so it's all taken care of for you, which is phenomenal, meaning you don't have to store it, keep it, worry about shipping it. They'll ship it for you wherever you're going to go. Extremely helpful. So through KDP, you have the ability to print a paperback book of tons of different sizes, like literally any size you want. Here's what's awesome too. Um, They will tell you what the the common trade sizes are, like it's eight and a half inches by five and a half, six by nine, five by eight, five and a quarter by eight. Um, They will tell you the stock sizes. And if you will keep your book size within the stock sizes, what's nice is Somebody could walk into any bookstore in America and say, hey, I want to buy Ted Shuttlesworth's book. I mean, you could walk into Barnes & Noble today and say, hey, I want to buy uh, Ted Shuttlesworth's book further faster. And they, will, they won't have any in the store, but that, that Barnes & Noble worker will go to their computer. They'll type in uh, the title and my name and their, their computers will pull up my book online and they'll see it by ISBN number and they can literally order copies of my book that will come from Kindle Direct to any Barnes Noble, Books a Million, whatever, Borders. I don't know if those have all shut down now or what, but those books will immediately come uh, to any of those bookstores or they'll order it for you and go pick it up. So the nice thing about using this company is even if somebody is working with a bookstore, the other nice thing is, is if you if you check a couple of boxes in the process uh, when you're setting up your account for your book, even libraries have the ability to get your book and to bring it in. So literally, it gives you worldwide access. You can sell your book worldwide. 
you get the royalties. If you don't want to be the person that's selling them you know, yourself and ordering copies, you could always, if you have a website, you could always just direct your buy now link to go straight to your page on amazon.com so that you don't even have to ever fulfill one order. You don't have to order them to your house. You don't have to package them and go to the UPS and ship them to your buyers. You could just direct everybody to amazon.com and have them purchase your book there. And literally you never do one thing and you just collect the royalties in your account, which then you know you can transfer from Amazon to your bank account. So literally you don't have to do a thing. Your paper books, your paperback books are shipped, your eBooks are immediately downloaded and the royalties just come to you. Easiest thing in the world and it is absolutely amazing for people that are doing self-publishing or maybe you're not a known author or whatever. First of all, you're not out a ton of money. In fact, if you don't order author copies, you're not out any money. Because so, here's what's cool. doesn't cost you any money to set up a, a, a Kindle Direct account. Doesn't The only money that you would ever pay is to order your own books after you've submitted them. That's the only money you'd pay is to just order copies of your own published books. So you're literally out no money, have books on Amazon that you can direct people to, go buy my book, doesn't matter where they are in the world, doesn't matter, uh, you know, they can just get it and Amazon will ship it to them. You don't even have to do any work. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable and very easy. Um, if you have the desire at some point and for some reason to release a hardcover book, which I always wanted to do. I've, I've been a reader since I was a little boy. Something about it, I have a soft spot in my heart for hardback books. I don't know why. I just, I love, you know, I, I remember during Christmas, my parents would buy me books and I remember opening them up. I'd love getting that hardcover book with the dust jacket on it. Something about that was just like, it's like it made it official. You know, I don't know why. I love, for some reason, I love a hardcover book. We did it for the very first time ever uh, with Further Faster. So we did limited edition for our partners. We printed hardcover with a dust jacket, um, Further Faster copies um, for everybody that sewed $1,000 or more. And we're doing that. If you sew $1,000 or more, we're not only sending you uh, the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible, but also this hardcover edition of Further Faster with the dust jacket. Um, Kindle Direct, sadly, does not offer a hardcover version when you're ordering your own book. They only offer paperback. But I did find another print-on-demand company that will do hardcover books, and I can vouch for both of these companies because I've used them both, and they're both great. The quality is excellent. Um, I'll type the other one in for you here. This is the company that will do hardcover books, print on demand with a dust jacket, or if you just want a printed hardcover with no dust jacket, they'll do that too. It's bookbaby.com. Love you, Mike. It's bookbaby.com. So we had those printed through Bookbaby. Excellent quality, excellent customer service. The end result I was extremely happy with same with Kindle Direct. Um, <clears throat> I've always been happy. We've never had issues at all with bindings falling apart, you know, poor quality uh, printing that was off center or any. We've never had any issues. So it's always great quality. I can give them five star rating, both companies, because I've used them both and both have been dependable. Um, one of the things I like so much about Kindle Direct is how quickly they ship. So we can place orders for our books, and um, that within you know a week or so, they're they're shipping them all out, and uh, and they're going to where we have them uh, ordered for whatever church or whatever meeting. And I get there, and the books are already there waiting on me. Denise said, "Can you add all the links to the video description so we can reference them later?" Absolutely, I'll do that. Um, put put all those things. The other thing I want to talk about before you're ready to send that file to the printer is um, you may obviously want your book to have um, not only an ISBN number, but a barcode on the back for scanning and selling. Um, so 
you have to buy ISBNs. You have to buy an ISBN number, which is basically just the locator number for your book. It's like having an identification number for your book so it can be found. Um, you definitely want an ISBN. And so I'll put right now this, and I'll, of course, as Denise said, <clears throat> uh, I'll add all these links in the description as well. But in this this website right here, my identifiers, uh, oh, I spelled it wrong. Let me do it again. Forget that one. There it is, myidentifiers.com. That's the website where you can purchase ISBN numbers. I recommend you get them in bulk because paying for one is ridiculous. Um, if you're gonna write multiple books anyway, if not, just buy one. Um, that's where you buy your ISBN and assign it to your book. That's also where you can buy a barcode that includes your ISBN that you would put on the, you would give to your graphic designer he would put it on the back of the cover of your of your artwork on the back of your book. Um, that obviously is what is scanned at a bookstore or whatever, so they can ring your book up and sell it. Uh, but it also includes your ISBN for location purposes. If somebody was going to order it from Barnes and Noble or a library or whatever, obviously they want to be able to identify it with the ISBN. So that's the, that's the website, myidentifiers.com, where you would purchase your ISBN, purchase your barcode, you download the barcode in a you know, JPEG, PDF, PNG file, and send it to your graphic designer, or if you're doing the work, you can slap it on the back of your book as well, and that gives you a, completely, a completed project to now put together. So when you go into like Kindle Direct or even BookBaby, what they want you to do is they want you to upload the PDF of your book to their site under the account you've made. And then separately, they want you to upload your cover artwork. And then they'll obviously put those together. But what they'll then do is send you back a digital proof of your book so that you can go through, hopefully you've already proofed your book before you submitted it. But it's kind of a final thing that they have to do for legality you know, they don't want to be held responsible for any mistakes that are in your book. So you have to sign off on a proof, just like any other printing job or any other job. You have to sign off saying, yes, I approve it this way. Go ahead and start, you know, printing my book. So they'll send you a digital proof. The nice thing is, and I, I did do this with my first book, they'll even send you a hard copy proof in the mail, which obviously takes longer. But if you want to see what your book is like in hand, you can wait for that and pay for that copy. Once again, it costs the same as if you bought an author copy. So my first book was uh, Praise, Laugh, Repeat. It cost me $3.53. That's how much it cost to order a, a proof copy. So I ordered it, came to my house. I sat down with it and with a highlighter, if I found any issues, I went through the book. If I found any problems that were missed in the proofreading or copy editing phase, I, I found them in the hard copy. Hard copy went back, changed them, resubmitted my files. So they'll send you, everything else since then has been a digital proof. I've not asked for hard copy, but you'll sit there and turn the pages on a digital proof, read through your book, get a couple of different sets of eyes to look uh, at your book so that you're not the only one that you've looked through it like a hundred times. <laughs> you know, get multiple sets of eyes to help you. And, um, <clears throat> and then, um, once you've approved it, they'll go to print and start moving forward. What you want to do, I'll jump in now to the ebook version because this is what a lot of people are doing now, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, especially self-publishers because they don't really have a need necessarily for a paperback or, you know, most, almost no one's doing a hardcover. But I will say this though, what I told you before, it doesn't hurt to have it because there are people out there that still prefer having an actual book. I, I've talked to people, I know people that just prefer, they don't like eBooks, they don't like reading on a tablet, they don't like reading on a phone, they don't like reading on a computer. So they prefer having a, an actual paperback in their hands. It doesn't hurt you because it doesn't cost you any extra money to have that. You know, you upload it to Amazon, let them sell it. If somebody prefers the paperback, they can order it from Amazon and they'll do all the work and ship it to them. It doesn't cost you any extra. You might as well do it.
Um, but I do realize that there's a lot of people that, <clears throat> you know, they don't necessarily, um, they just want to put out an ebook because they know it's instant. People can grab it and get it. Um, and I get that. So I want to give you the steps that you need to take to get your ebook properly formatted and get it back uh, in the file formats that you need to submit as an ebook. <clears throat> so, again, I'm going to give you another company that'll help you out. So, this is a great company I found way back when I did my my very first book six or seven years ago, and uh, he's still doing the same work. I've used him for every book moving forward, um, and it's a guy. His name's I believe his name is Nick Kaya C A Y A, and this is his website right here, Word to kindle.com word hyphen to hyphen kindle.com and what he does is even if you did write your book in Microsoft Word you can send Nick the Word document he will turn your book into an ebook he will send you back the ebook files so there's two main um there's two main file formats that ebooks are published in. Kindle is like kind of its own thing because they're like, I think they're like the only ones that use this file type for ebooks, but it's a .mobi file, M-O-B-I. It's a .mobi, so this is what it looks like when you see the extension for your book, .mobi. Everybody else that I know of, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble Nook, all the other ones that I'm aware of use the .epub file. EPUB. So, <clears throat> I'll put that in as well. .epub. Um, that's the extension for that file type. And I think they've changed it now, thankfully, that Kindle will now accept an EPUB file if you give it to them. But what Nick does is once your book is completed, um, hey Norman, you want to send a Word document uh, copy of your book uh, to wordtokindle.com. You'll go set up an account. You'll you'll upload your document. You can't send them a PDF. It has to be like a, an editable Word document. They will then, <clears throat> and maybe you can send them a PDF. You'd have to check. But they will then take your book, and I think for like as low as $99, they will turn your book into ebook format. And then you can upload your book. They'll, they'll email you the files, the EPUB and the .mobi files. And then you can take those files. And now you do the exact same thing that you did uh, with your the printed version. So you'll go back into your KDP account and uh, you'll upload the .mobi file for the ebook version of your book. And then you need to create, they want you to create and they'll give you the dimensions and the file size but they want you to create a digital version of your um, cover art <clears throat> to put, obviously, into uh, Kindle. So when people are, are swiping through and scrolling through books on Kindle, they'll see your cover art in that digital format. Um, and the same thing for Apple Books. Uh, for Apple Books, it's a, it's slightly different because they're, you're not going to do it through... Um, you're not going to do it through like a, a web like a website, but for Apple Books, if you have a Mac or a PC, you have to download their program. I believe it's called iTunes Producer. iTunes Producer. It's actually easy. Um, it walks you through the steps, and then you have the ability to just upload your documents um, right into iTunes Producer. You sign in with like an Apple ID, and then you upload it, and then within a, uh, a week or so, I don't know how quickly it really the turnaround is. Within a week or so, your book is live on Apple Books. Your book is live in Kindle. Uh, if you want to go any other routes, you know, you do as many as you want. Even if you wanted to um, do it in such a way where you can sell your ebook on your own website, and then you send an email to the person with that that ebook file in it. Do it however you want. But once you get access to your ebook files, um, you can then upload them to all outlets. And now you're digitally available around the world, which to me is like unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, 
You're welcome, Dominic. Any questions you guys have too? Um, can a person buy a Kindle book from Amazon and download it to an Apple device? Absolutely, Kelly. So Kelly on YouTube is asking, um, who can see and read the Kindle books? Now, because Amazon's very smart, so what they've done is they've created a Kindle app for all mobile devices. So no matter what you have, if you've got a Samsung tablet, if you've got one of the Amazon tablets, the Fire tablets, if you've got an iOS device like an iPhone or an iPod or an iPad, or even a laptop, you can download the Kindle app and basically <clears throat> it turns any, any device into a Kindle e-reader. So your entire library of Kindle books are available on your iPhone, your iPad, your laptop, your Fire device, your Samsung device, whatever you've got, any, any Google Android device. So it's very easy to access any of those things from anywhere. So you're not just limited to like someone who has, you know, a Kindle e-reader or, or, you know, somebody that's got like a, an Amazon Fire tablet. It goes everywhere and anybody can download for free the Kindle app. And um, it has been, by the way, kind of my choice for eBooks. Like even though I own all Apple devices, I don't really use Apple books as much. I use Kindle books only because you think to yourself, like if I ever did migrate, God forbid, if there was ever some kind of a zombie apocalypse that caused me to migrate away from Apple's ecosystem, um, I'd be able to take my books with me because I'm not on Apple's ecosystem. I'm on Kindle, so I can get those on any device, which I think with Apple's books, you can only get those on Apple devices. So <clears throat> I kind of made that decision, but they can get them from anywhere. So it's, it's not a big deal at all. Uh, also, by the way, for those of you that are wondering, we're making all these teachings available in a playlist on YouTube, and then we'll probably make them available for free for download uh, audio as well as um, the video. And it's available on the podcast if you want to re-listen as well. We're making it available for people that want to go back and go through these things at length. Um, so what I wanted to do at the end of this uh, broadcast today is people that have questions. You've heard the process. You've heard everything that it takes to get the things done, to get it into your hand, ready to sell, uh, ready to go out the door. Uh, as, as Dominic said, there are people that have had, um, they feel like intimidating factors to getting involved in writing a book feels overwhelming, feels like there's like, man, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know all that goes into it. I want to help you. So any questions that anybody has, take some time right now to ask them. We'll do a little Q and a, and, uh, hopefully any fears that you've had, or if you were intimidated about starting or you didn't know how to do it. I'm praying that this week of teaching helped you because I believe in what God's put in your spirit. I truly do. And I believe that it's going to touch your generation, your community, and it's going to be a blessing to people and turn them towards Christ. That's the ultimate goal. And uh, so I'm praying that you get started and get those things out the door because, as I said, if it's worth devoting your life to, if it's worth talking about, if it's worth preaching or teaching somebody else, it's worth writing about. No question. And your writing goes beyond you. So I'll take some questions if you have any. And that was, Kelly, by the way, that was a great question. Because I know I know a lot of people that have asked me that. that, that because that's how it used to be, you know. You could only get Kindle stuff on a, on a Kindle device. Like if you owned an Amazon Kindle reader. Uh, but they have very intelligently expanded. So that they're not like stuck on their own devices. And Apple's doing the same types of things. Like, you know, <clears throat> with Apple TV, you could only really um, view Apple TV stuff on an Apple TV you bought from Apple. But now, uh, with Apple TV Plus and all they're trying to do, a lot of smart televisions are now coming built in, just like they come built in with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. They're coming built in with Apple TV and Apple TV Plus uh, in the software. So it's, it's smart because what these companies are trying to do is make these things available anywhere so that the lines are blurred. It doesn't matter like what device you have. It, it doesn't matter if you're a Google Android person, if you're, uh, you know, an Amazon person, an Apple person, 
they're trying to blur the lines so that these things are available on all platforms, which is actually very smart if you think about it, so that you're not being boxed in to just your ecosystem. Very important to know that. Um, <clears throat> I would say this too, to just give you a piece of advice. Um, if, if this is something you are aspiring to do, take a minute. Appreciate you, John. Take a minute to write every day. You know, even if you're only writing for 10 minutes, even if you're only writing for five minutes, let me encourage you, write something every day. I'll give you an app uh, <clears throat> that I think is a really great app, and it's, it's something that you could even write on your phone, your tablet, whatever, but there's an app in the App Store, and I'm sure they have it as well for Google Play. It's called Day One Journal. I'm, I'll, I'll put the name of it down right here. <clears throat> it's called Day One Journal. And uh, the reason I like it so much is they'll give you prompts every day to write. You can include pictures. You can include videos, uh, you know, stuff about your day. And if you set it up to prompt you, you know, like first thing in the morning, you know, as you're having your coffee, it'll ask you about yesterday. You know, what did you do? Maybe before you go to bed, say, hey, prompt me with a, with a notification to do a little writing before I go to bed about how my day was, what I did, how I experienced. And, and it not only keeps a log, you keep a log of your life. You have memories there. You have your pictures in there, plus a description of what went on that day, where you were. It logs the temperature. It logs where you were in the world all those things, and keeps it private on a secure server. You can access it on multiple devices. It's been great to look back and see, you know, where I was, what I was doing. And um, so Day One Journal is kind of a good way to get you writing something every day. And that's something I do recommend. Any good author that I've ever listened to recommends that. Write something every day. Write something every single day. Because... There's no way to get better other than just doing it. You know, the experience of doing it makes you better at doing it. And uh, so I want, I definitely want you to uh, do something, schedule something. Uh, if your desire is to move this direction, and I hope it is, do something every single day. Amen. Uh, Daphne said, learning my identity in Christ changed everything for me is the title, Daughter of the King. Uh good or should it be called child of the king more inclusive uh, yeah I agree with that Daphne unless you're specifically going for a, a women's audience I mean if you're going for a women's niche and a women's audience which is not by the way a bad idea because <clears throat> you can narrow it down even further it will affect the cover design you know if you want the cover design to look geared toward women it's not a bad idea you know so you know, if you want to title the book Daughter of the King um, and, and do that and push it that way, especially if you're going to be dealing with things in the book that are um, that are that pertain to women, especially, I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 calling it Daughter of the King and, and then gearing it towards women, because I think the more specific you can make your book, the more specific you can write in the chapters. And if you deal with issues that only women face, all the better, because you can do it even more specifically, and it's more valuable at that point to the person reading it because it's talking about specific issues. So I've, I don't think you have to be more inclusive. Uh, I think If it were me, I would say go as, as, go as specific and as direct as you can and then let it touch touch women that you're focusing on. And I think it's a great idea. You're welcome, Tricia. <clears throat> Amen. Yeah, OneNote is great. Scrivener's a little bit of a different uh, app, though, isn't it? God bless you. I've heard of Scrivener, but it's a little bit of, different of an app, isn't it, than than like OneNote or something. It's It's more... Uh, if I remember correctly, it's more for a specific type of writing. Am I right about that? It's for a specific type of writing? I can't remember, but I know that I've looked into it just a little bit. Yeah, Daphne, if you've got a heart for women, then go after that demographic. Go after women. Gear the cover art towards women. You know, the title towards women, the blurb towards women, the subtitle towards women, everything. <clears throat> 
Norman in, in New Brunswick is asking, just wondering, Ted, wouldn't it be easier to do audio CDs instead of writing a book? Um, the, to answer that, Norman, and it's a valid question, I would say audio CDs are kind of going uh, out technologically. I mean, they don't even make cars with CD players in them anymore. Like, it's something you have to ask for specifically. They're removing CD players from cars. Most people uh, that are, you know, even 50 or younger, 40 or younger, they're not buying CD players. They don't have a CD player. I actually just thought about that the other day. What would I do if I wanted to play a CD in my house? I don't own, like, a CD player, like a CD system. I would actually have to, like, put it in my Xbox or, like, I think I would have to just put it in my Xbox and play it through my television because I don't have a CD player to play. I think the better thing to do would be to record MP3 audio and get your book like on audible.com, which is what we're working towards next. You could record your voice narrating your book and then, uh, because everybody wants stuff to be downloadable to their phone nowadays. Everybody wants instant access and that's through your phone. So. I think the better step to take would be to do an audiobook. And there are people, Norman, that are doing just audiobooks without printed or ebook versions. There are people doing that. So I, I think that that is a good thought. A little bit different kind of work goes into creating it. And if you don't have a home studio, let me just say it's, it's easier to write a book than it is to put a professionally narrated book out because. If you don't have a home studio with professional equipment to record narration, then you have to go pay for studio time. Then you got to pay for uh, somebody in the studio to record you. And then you have to pay for all the stuff that goes along with that. Somebody to edit it and prepare it in such a way. Because Amazon, or excuse me, um, yeah, Amazon owns them now, I think. Um, Audible.com. It's... Uh, they have their own rec they have their own requirements that they won't accept your book unless it's done a certain way. So uh, you could do it, but I don't think CDs is definitely the way to go. Um, Reandra said, "My question is content story wise. Since there are so many opinions on topics, sometimes I get discouraged because I don't want to write the wrong thing. How do you deal with possible disagreements?" Well, that's an easy answer. It doesn't matter what you write. People will disagree with it. People have disagreed with every book I've written. Every book. So, praise, laugh, repeat. They disagreed with that. Blood on the door. They disagreed with that. Unhang your heart. They disagreed with that. Further, faster. People disagree with that. You're not going to please everybody. Don't let other people that have different ideas or opinions stop you from writing or believing what you believe. Write it like you believe it and like God's given it to you. And who cares who disagrees with it? Uh, there'll be people that agree with it and that it touches. So take your stance of what you know to be true and stick with it and don't waver, don't change. Stay on it and write it as strongly as possible. And don't let anybody stop you from writing it. That's an easy one. Hey, Luanda, love you. Yeah, exactly, Trisha. Um, I have, my truck still does have a CD player. Um, but nothing in the house. I mean, other than my Xbox, there's no other way for me to play it. These are great questions. Any other questions today before I pray for you guys? I love hearing your questions. I love answering them. Um, I, cause I want to see you succeed. I believe in you, man. I want to see you succeed in writing and, uh, and do it the best way possible without having to go the long way around. Like I've had to do on a couple of things while I was trying to figure out the best way to do it. But now that you can determine the best way and quickest way to do something, um, you're off to the races and have the ability to do it effectively. And you will be impactful. You absolutely will be impactful. Can I say this too? Don't surround yourself with yes men. That's huge to me. Don't surround yourself with yes men. What do I mean by that? Don't surround yourself with people who no matter what you do, say, or produce, they're like, man, that was awesome. That was so good. That was so good, man. You're so insightful. Don't surround yourself with those people. And there is a temptation to because it makes you feel good to hear that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, I am a good writer. Man, I am a good speaker. 
I don't ever want to surround myself with people who no matter what I do, produce or say, they tell me it's great. In fact, I ask the question specifically, if I submit something to somebody for them to check or look at or read, I ask specifically, what do you hate about this? What do you think is horrible? What would you immediately change about what I wrote, what I designed, what I put out? Um, and then I want them to be honest. So I didn't understand chapter three. You know, I was so happy. You know, I submitted a chapter of this previous book, uh, multiple chapters, to somebody that was helping me. And they pointed out something that I simply did not see. I don't know how I didn't see it, but I didn't see it. And uh, they were like, your book's great. And I really enjoyed chapter two. However, chapter two has nothing to do with the rest of the book that you wrote. Has absolutely nothing to do with it. I can't put it together. I can't tie the two ideas together. I don't know what chapter two is trying to tell me. And I went back through looking at my thesis and looking at the book and I thought to myself, <laughs> they're exactly right. Chapter two, although good and encouraging, has nothing to do with the rest of Further Faster. And I had to rewrite the, the what chapter two was about. I kept the same idea, but I had to rewrite it in a way that tied in to the rest of the book. And I, at the end, I ended up even moving the chapter to another place in the book so that it would make more sense to the storyline. So it, you've got to have people that'll tell you the truth and are not afraid to offend you, not afraid, not afraid to just give it to you like it is so that you can be better. Don't just get yourself around yes men. Uh, Winona said, is it a good idea to put pictures and testimonies in your book? I think so. I mean, like as long as you have the right to put the pictures in and, and if they're your pictures of you, yes. I mean, if it's a person that's not you, you're going to have to get permissions and sign a contract and say that you have the rights to include their pictures in your printed work and all that. Um, and definitely get some legal counsel on that. Don't want you to be sued. Uh, but testimonies, you know, as long as you're telling your story, you're, as I said before, don't slander anybody else. You know, Dave, you know, Dave Richards harassed me in 1985, but thank God, it's like, you know, don't put that kind of stuff where it's like, it's part of your testimony, but at the same time, it's slander and you're going to get sued at the end of it. Um, but, you know, pick, people love pictures. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. Pictures are great. Testimonies are great. Once again, it's a story. You're telling a story and people love stories. Oh, these ones are drawings. Then yeah, if you're doing a kid's book, even if you're not, if it's fictional, if you want to put illustrations, do it. Put illustrations in. Put put pictures in that you've drawn. Do whatever you want. It's your book. You know, it's your book. If it helps you to push the thought process further the way that you want to, do it. No one's going to tell you you can't because it's yours. And if you feel like it belongs in there, put it in there. Put it in there. But then if you submit it to people and they're like, I don't think those drawings are that, you know, I don't think they help the story at all. I don't help think they help your, get your point across. You know, they might tell you, people that you trust, don't include the drawings. You know, listen to them. Don't just do it if you're romantic about the thought. If it doesn't help push the book forward, don't, don't, you don't need any fluff or excess. But yeah, if, if you feel like it does, by all means, include the drawings, include the pictures. Excellent thought. Um, and these are all really good questions. I'm appreciating them. I've never actually done yet a book with illustrations. I'm getting ready to because we're getting ready to put out um, a series of books uh, for kids, for the Miracle Word Kids. And then I'm working on a novel <clears throat> that's going to be coming out kind of like a medieval uh, setting. Uh, but it's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. That's that I'm very excited about. And um, so I will actually have an illustrator right now working on uh, designing and drawing the two main characters of my novel. Um, and I'm very excited to see what he comes up with. But I, the reason I'm having him illustrate my two main characters before I write the actual novel is because I do feel like it will inspire me to have those 
uh, drawings, those pictures in front of my eyes uh, just kind of puts me in that perspective as I'm writing the novel. So I made the decision to pay him ahead of time before the book was ever written to, to draw and illustrate those, those, um, those characters because I know it'll help me. And in um, and, and those types of books, I think I will be including some illustrations and drawings on some of the pages because I think it will push their fictional books and it'll push the story forward, especially for kids who I'm aiming at for the series. So it's going to be good. Let me pray for you today before we go and uh, give you one, one more, couple more announcements here. But I want to pray that God will use you mightily and anoint you to write what he's called you to write So I want you to bow your head with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's watching this or listening to this. And I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would anoint them to do what you've called them to do, to release this to their generation, to impact them for the kingdom. Let everything we do bring people into the kingdom of God. Let everything we do bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Use what you've gifted us to do purposed us to do, talented us to do, to bring people close to Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name that this would be something that would impact our families, our friends, our co-workers, and people that we've never even met as they find the books through the internet, whatever. Let it impact them for Christ and bring people to the kingdom of God. Lord, give us the focus we need, anoint our minds, give us wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We give you praise. All fear and intimidation has to go. We will move forward by faith in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, don't forget, um, Carolyn's brand new book's coming out very soon. You can go to shop.miracleword.com. And I want to encourage those of you that are watching to sow a seed by faith and partner with this ministry. If you didn't check it out, uh, God's moving here in Moorfield, West Virginia. I put a bunch of pictures on Instagram. Go check them out. God's touching people last night. The tent was full of hungry people. People are driving in from other places. And uh, I'm just telling you, God's moving and people are hungry. If you want to play a part, a role in evangelism, let me show you what you can do. You can stand with Carolyn and with me as we're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to a hungry generation. You can partner with us and pray for us on a monthly basis. It's very easy to do. You can go to miracleword.com and click on the give page or the partner page. The Lord will speak to you. Whatever he tells you to do on a monthly basis, we appreciate you. And we say thank you. And we're praying for you as well. And what you're doing is you're giving from your life into the kingdom and the cause of Christ. And for that, we say thank you and appreciate you. If you're in the United States, you can use Cash App to sow a seed today. PayPal, hashtag donate as Brother Ben has already done. But do something today. You can use Venmo. Do something that will move your faith. And for every person that's sewing this month as our partner, we're sending you this book by Dr. John Avanzini that's entitled Rich God, Poor God. Phenomenal book. Changed my whole perspective on Christ and gave me biblical basis to understand Jesus was blessed. He wasn't poor. He had more than enough. He was blessed. And uh, that's going to be our gift to you this month. I love it. I was talking to Dr. John Evanzini, and I said, man, that book changed my life, man. I said, that's a powerful book. He said, brother Ted, I want you to take the book. I mean, I'm not going to do this, but he said this. He said, I want you to take that book. He said, take my name off of it. He said, reprint it under your name. He said, put Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. on there and print Rich God, Poor God. He said, you don't even have to change any of the words inside. He said, I'll give you the copyright. You can print it yourself. But the man of God needs to be honored. I said, no, I want, it's your book. And uh, I said, I'm not going to take your name off and put my name on. I I want people to know. uh, And and he's a powerful man of God. In his 80s, still preaching the word. And God's given him a revelation on biblical finance. It's going to be our gift to you this month. Powerful book. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Luenda. We love you guys and appreciate you so much. We got to see Luenda this week at the tent. Glad you made it in. And uh, she helped us work with the the new souls that are coming to the kingdom, worked at the salvation table. Appreciate you. We love you. Very much appreciate you guys. Thank you for hanging with me today. And uh, I will be back again on Monday, same time, 1030. And listen, it's July 4th, I know. 
Have a phenomenal holiday with your family and friends, those of you that are in the States, as we're celebrating Independence Day. Uh, have a great time with your family and friends. I love you so much. I appreciate you. And uh, continue to pray for these, these meetings. Tonight's the final night of the revival. Pray that people will be saved. Pray that people will be changed by the power of God and healed. Pray that miracles will take place. And I believe that they will. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Have a great 4th of July. I'll talk to you again very soon. Love you. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.